Welcome to the Renewing the Center podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Here at Renewing the Center, we're answering God's call to work for the spiritual renewal of the church. For more information, visit renewingthecenter.org. We're glad to have you with us today. Now, let's make some space for God's renewing work. The published date of this podcast episode is uh, November 4th. So that's the day after our presidential election. And I want to note that I'm recording this episode on Thursday, October 29th. So I don't know what's happened. Um, As you listen to this, we all know something that I don't know at the time that I'm saying these words. And I know that many of us have been concerned about the political election, the season that we're in. Gosh, you add to the pandemic and all that's going on around us this pretty momentous uh, moment in our country's political history. And it's caused for many of us to feel um, curious and maybe even a little bit anxious. And I just want to remind you, regardless of your political persuasion and frankly, regardless of who it is that's been um, elected president, um, we are ultimately, those of us who belong to Jesus, we are ultimately citizens of the kingdom of God. Our security doesn't come from Washington or the state capitol here in Georgia where I live or wherever it is that you live. Ultimately, our security and our uh, future uh, rests in the hands of uh, Jesus, our King, um, our Father, the Holy Spirit. So I just want to remind you today that whatever it is that's going on in our country or in your life, um, we are able to find our security in, in the Lord. And so I would encourage you to pull into your citizenship in heaven, in the kingdom of God. I'm going to read a passage uh, from Luke 13 and then pray, and then we're just going to spend some time here thinking about reflecting on God's word. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her immediately, she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away and give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for eighteen long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? And when he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, I pray that you would help us to see truth in your word. I pray that you would help us to receive insight from Jesus. God, even I pray for for help today to see ourselves in this woman's story. We would find the places in our own hearts where we are bent over, We're not walking as upright as we would like. Father, help us. Help us to receive from you today, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So that's it. Uh, The first thing I think we we need to see here is this woman was uh, bent over. The picture of this lady is actually really striking. She almost certainly lives in a small town, and almost certainly everyone knows who she is. She's the woman with the physical malady, and It was probably such a dramatic physical malady being bent as the text describes her that she was easy to spot. People probably knew her as the person with uh, an external brokenness, unable to walk upright, a bent person. And this has got me to thinking, you know, there are places in my own life where I feel bent. Um, I may 
sit up straight in my body. So it might not be something in your body, uh, but there are places inside where I feel bent, maybe not unlike this woman. So I would just ask you here at the beginning, where is it that you experience bentness? Uh, something that's not as upright, something not as solid or erect as you wish it were. Maybe it's an inner struggle in your heart. Maybe it's a place where you don't feel quite able to walk like you would like to walk. Maybe it's a, a struggle with sin, a place where you feel uh, curved when you wish you were walking more straight and upright. We all have bentness in us. And I believe that this is one of the reasons why we have to learn to become reflective people. If we don't spend time looking inside and asking the Holy Spirit to meet us and to show us our vulnerabilities, we may not be able to name our bentness. Every one of us needs to be able to name the places where we know that we're not quite as upright as we wish we were. Places where we aren't living in wholeness, living the, the good life or the flourishing life. And this is why I think we have to carve out spaces for reflection and examination. And frankly, it's one of the goals of this podcast is to create some reflective space in your life to help you begin to identify the places where you would be like this woman in this story. So here's what I love about this woman. We, we know that she's bent. We know that she is experiencing probably a very painful bentness, maybe not unlike you. But despite her struggle, she manages to end up where Jesus is. She actually, despite all the obstacles, right, the, the, like the literal obstacles that would have kept her from moving freely, she ends up moving toward Jesus. She manages to show up, brokenness, bentness, and all. She doesn't stay home. She doesn't roll around in her pain. She actually moves toward Jesus. And I just want to ask you how often... Do we allow our own bentness, our struggle to keep us from moving toward Jesus? Maybe we resign ourselves to being stuck where we are and stop moving. See, this woman in this sense is an exemplar for you and for me. She doesn't allow her pain, her disability. She doesn't allow the bentness of her life to keep her from moving in God's direction. Now she can't cure herself. Maybe she tried to cure herself. We certainly hear other stories in the New Testament of people who had suffered at the hands of doctors or people who would be able to claim to cure them only to be unsuccessful. Maybe this woman had done some of the same stuff, tried to fix her own problems. That didn't work, but she did go to church. She went to the synagogue. She went to where Jesus would be. And I think of her this way, and this is where I find myself, or at least see an invitation for me to find myself in her story. See, while this woman could not cure what had ailed her, she did not have the power to fix it or heal it. What she did have the power to do is to place herself in an environment where something good from God might happen. She'd actually made a choice to be proximate to the activity of God. So I would ask you, where is God inviting you to move toward his activity? You may not be able to cure yourself or even be assured that going into certain spaces or environments or making certain choices is going to work in terms of a therapeutic cure in your life with whatever it is that is causing your own particular version of bentness. But there may be a place where each and every one of us are invited by God to say, where might I be able to move? Where might there be places, environments, relationships where God might turn up and do something good if I simply show up? 
For her, she knew the synagogue was a good place to be. She basically was going to her Jewish version of church. She was saying, I'm going to be around people who are thinking about God, and maybe God's going to show up in that place. And actually, that's exactly what happens. The next thing we see in this story is actually really interesting. Jesus notices her, and he calls out to her. And this is so important. See, she's in the right place, but she can't do anything to solve her problem. But what happens when she puts herself in the right place is that God sees her and engages her. Jesus is being proactive with this woman. And I just want to say to you, every one of us needs to know that we're noticed by God. See, everything in life had probably taught this lady to be invisible or that she was invisible. You know, people try not to look at her because uh, the shape of her body was uh, distressing. And so people look the other way instinctively. I think she'd probably learn to be invisible, to live invisible, to try to go as unnoticed as possible, probably used to being ignored in the marketplace. And yet one of the most significant things here in this story, and I think this is one of the reasons why this story is told in the first place, why it finds itself in the Bible the way that it's in our Bible, is that God sees her even when she feels invisible. And I would say to you in a more first person declarative statement, God sees you even when you feel invisible. So where do you feel unseen, invisible right now? Where's the bentness of your life causing you to feel undervalued, like you're invisible, a ghost? Can we begin to believe that Jesus sees us even when we feel invisible? But here, not only does Jesus see her, he actually speaks to her and he touches her, presumably in the place of her brokenness. If I had to lay money on where Jesus laid his hands on her to speak, he had laid hands on her back on the place that was most bent and warped. He went to the source of the pain. He went to the place that hurt and put his hands on it. That's what Jesus does over and over again in the Bible. If someone were blind, he would touch their eyes deaf and touch their ears. Jesus always seemed to go to the place that hurts the most. And one of the things that this tells me that I think we really need to sit with is that God is not aloof. God does not stand apart or back or draw away from our hurts. The way that God brings healing is through word and touch. So Jesus touches this woman. He speaks wholeness over her. And in the process, he gives her back her life. And y'all, we need to hear this. Whenever healing takes place in the New Testament, God didn't heal in this instance or elsewhere just to take away pain. He didn't just want her to stand up straight. What he wanted to do is give her back her life, invite her and reinstate her in the community. See, in the ancient world, frankly, just like it is in our world, malady of this kind would have had a profoundly isolating effect. She would have been marginalized from society, would have been knocked out of holistic and life-giving relationships, unable to relate in ways that would have been really helpful and life-giving for her. And so when Jesus heals her, he actually doesn't just therapeutically fix what hurts. He reinstates and gives her back the dignity of her whole life. And I just want to say that's what God wants to do for you and me. When we experience God's healing, it's always designed to give us back our life. The Lord wants to take your pain away, but he doesn't just want to take your pain away. God wants to actually restore that which has been lost. See, restoration is a big, big part of the story that God wants to tell in your life. Renewal, 
a big part of the story God wants to tell. So I want to leave you with this question. What would your life look like? How would your life be different if God healed a particular hurt, wound, or pain in you? How, how would you live if you were free of whatever it would be that would hold you back? Maybe it's an insecurity. Maybe it's a betrayal or a deep wound in your life. Maybe it's an addiction. How would you live? How would you be different? How might your life be different if you were liberated from that thing? Can you name what you would like God to do for you? Where you'd like him to touch you? Y'all, it takes time for us to get to the bottom of what we really, really need. And frankly, it's a question Jesus asks often in the Gospels. What do you want? And when Jesus asks you what you want, it's best to really give a reflective and thoughtful answer. So I pray that you would reflect today and maybe get to the bottom of what it is you really need and want from God. Father, I pray for my friends and I ask you for grace Grace to get to the bottom of what we really, really need. And I pray, Lord, that where each and every one of us experience a particular kind of bentness, I pray that you would help and heal my friends in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you would like to continue meditating on what you heard today, take some time to recall an idea or an image that encouraged or challenged you in this episode. When things stand out to us in God's Word, or in our lives, or in what we're reading, or in devotional talks, it often means that God is offering us His help and His guidance. When you have your idea or image in mind, carry it with you as a prayer, coming back to it in the spaces throughout your day. How does it speak to you and where you are right now? What does it say about God and what He wants for you? Speak to Him about these things. Listen for His still, small voice and respond to him as simply and as honestly as you can. Thanks for listening. We look forward to having you back here again with us next time at Renewing the Center.